I ran Michigan. I don't even know what he's thinking. He's just a complete burnt out. Uh, Brady Kachunk. Thomas is my best friend. I got a lot of good looking nukes on my team. You just got nuked. I just them. I just them. We'll see. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode Antoine Vermette of Elite Sens Brain. As always, I am Biata, and I am joined by Twitter user at Burner. How is it going? Um, I'm doing well, but I don't know if we want to go directly into it. The Sens are not doing well, but I don't know if that's too early. No, no, I think it's the perfect time because, you know... Uh, obviously, your well-being, like mine, is entirely dependent on how the Ottawa Senators Hockey Club is doing, and things are not good right now. They are actively very bad, in fact. Um, so I guess we can start with, okay, so earlier, I think, when we, like, in an earlier episode, we were talking about, like, oh, uh, if, like, Josh Norris can stay healthy, but that's probably not going to happen, Right. Um, and it turns out that's the one thing that is happening, and everyone else is falling apart. The way we've, like, completely moved past any anxiety about Josh Norris's shoulder, like, I'm not watching these games going, nobody hit Josh Norris, his shoulder is going to disintegrate. Because I'm watching these games going, man, this team really misses Thomas Shabbat, Eric Brandstrom, and Artem Zub. Yeah, so if we do a recap of what happened, Artem Zub, does he have a concussion? He got hit in the ear, I think, by a puck. So probably, yes. Okay, so he has a concussion. Eric Branstrom, very scary scene, was like, I had to be stretched off the ice and he has, because he hit his head and he has a concussion. Or he was like hit or something. I wasn't watching yeah. at that point. He is skating in a non-contact jersey, though, which is either okay. reassuring or very scary. Uh, either the Sens are not doing things right or... It was not as serious as it looked. Yeah, so hopefully it just wasn't as serious. I know that right away they were like, he has uh, control of his extremities and is conscious. And like, obviously that's a good thing. But whenever I see a tweet like that, it's like, I am so scared that they even had to mention that. Because obviously it's a good thing to mention. But I'm like, oh my gosh, the fact that they even have to say that makes me feel very scared. I missed that game. And that was the first tweet I saw about what happened with Brandstrom it was just mm-hmm. he is conscious and has control of his extremities and I was like holy shit what happened yeah it was very scary so we are wishing them both well and also um Thomas Shabbat is injured his hand yeah yeah his hand so that's no good and Ridley Gregg is injured <laughs> Uh, what happened to him? Lower body or upper body? I don't, I, I don't remember. He is out of the lineup, but he's not on IR, which is promising. Oh, yeah. He's probably going to come back soon. Mm-hmm. So that's good. And Mark Kaslik has a high ankle sprain. Yep. So it has been November for like five days. <laughs> like, it's also like it feels like we're reliving the same season every year where it's like, oh, the Suns start out so well. Oh, they're playing bad, but it's because look at all these injuries. Like they're not going to be this injured next year. Like, you year. know, they're losing, but they didn't play that badly. You know, it always starts out that way. It's like, yeah. eh, it's a moral victory. It's not that bad. It's like, oh, they had one bad game. It's okay. They're allowed one bad game. And then it just it just keeps going. Yeah. And then it's like, 
oh, well, like all these freak injuries, like that's not going to happen next time. Like, okay, maybe this season is a wash, but next year we'll come back healthy and we're never going to come back healthy. It's it's just incredible how quickly I've checked out of this season. Like as yeah. soon as this started, I was like, okay, game is on in the background. Like I, I made the active choice not to get mad. I was like, you know what? The game is on in the background. I'm going to start paying attention if things start going well. I am not getting emotionally invested in this game. And this happened like a week ago. Like this, as soon as they started stringing together a few losses, I was like, I cannot, I I cannot get emotionally invested in this. And I'm done, you know, watching these games and going, well, there were some positives. Well, it won't happen again next year. Well, you know, this isn't the worst case scenario for them. Like, man, I just don't even know. Yeah, like, it's and I think I, like, feel bad because in previous seasons, I was, like, I had a higher threshold of, like, what I was willing Mm -hmm. to tolerate. Like, I watched the entire bubble season. I watched them lose to the Edmonton Oilers nine times in one season. I watched all of it. But it's, like, now it's, like, even, so I didn't last night, so the game was last night. I didn't, like, start watching the game because I was, uh, like, busy or whatever. And then when I saw that it was tied, like it was 1-1, I was immediately like, they're going to lose this game. I'm not going to watch this. It's like, until they're winning by a lot, I I can't get invested. And it's sad. It's like, I just wish that this could happen later in the season once. You know? Like, if if they had just had a good November and then sucked in December, I still would have been invested. I would have been invested in that December losing streak you know Mm -hmm. it's just the fact that it's the exact same thing every single year where I can't even have a prolonged stretch of being excited about this team or looking at their looking at the standings trying to see if they're making if they're going to make the playoffs it's just like everything goes to shit so early on and you know that they're going to pick themselves up and end up being perfectly fine by the end of the season but it's just like I'm just gonna stop watching until that happens yeah like it's really just not worth watching I will say though some things are different this year namely someone got fired yeah so well the big difference now is that as much as the Sens are a shit show on the ice they are also a shit show off the ice which is nothing new for the Ottawa Senators in general but usually the November slide is accompanied by zero changes. And this time, this time some changes were kind of forced. Yeah, I will also say it's hilarious that we're talking already about the November slide. We are recording this yeah. on November 5th. So yes. there's like still fully 25 days left in November. But like we all know what's going to happen. We could win every game in November from here on out. But, like, we all know what's going to happen. Watch them do it just to prove women wrong or whatever. But um, We should have done season predictions, like, closer to the start of the season. Because I actually had this prediction where I was like, first game of November, they're going to have, they're going to lose in, like, a blowout loss. And then they're going to win every game in November from then on out. That was my prediction that I did not voice anywhere. But I promise it was my prediction. And I'm wrong. So. I... Yeah, that's a good prediction. Because I still, like, I'm, like, in the back of my head, I'm, like, wait, but, like, what if they turn this around and then just, like, go Mm -hmm. on? Because I said, because basically when Thomas Shabbat became injured, I tweeted, I was, like, I think the Suns are about to go on a massive run. Which, like, 
Yeah. They won the next game after that. And they won the next game, and I immediately took a victory lap because I knew it wouldn't last. So I was like, if I want to get any engagement off this one, like, it has to happen now because, like, it's not going to actually be a run. But anyway, yeah. So I will also say the guy – I like how we're, like, alluding to it. The guy who got fired did not get fired for on-ice performance at all. He got fired for being a sneaky little guy. <laughs> I think he was – unfairly persecuted free pierre he deserved better pierre Dario, we will never forget you i'm, I'm saluting him right now you <laughs> yeah, can't you see it can't but see i've been i've been using that salute emoji so much recently it's, it's one of my it's already one of my most used emojis but i've been using it a lot recently especially mm-hmm. so yeah everyone listening knows what happened but let's just recap it i guess so basically, you may remember, I think in like 2022 or something, um, we traded, or was it 2021? <laughs> I don't even remember. Well, okay. So the Sens traded of getting Dadnov to the Vegas Golden Knights in 2021. Okay, yes. And then they, that's got they got Holden, right? Yeah, yeah. And Holden was there for 2021-22, right? And that was yeah. the one season he was like very good actually so then basically what happens next is that in 2022 the vegas golden knights attempt to trade dadnoff to the anaheim ducks and let's be clear the vegas golden knights with this trade are attempting cap circumvention they are doing something that is kind of sneaky and a little bit outside of the rules because they're just trying to get cap space so that they can bring in jack eichel which to be clear they ended up doing Mm -hmm. now in 2022, this specific trade deadline, they were out of the playoffs and they were trying to get into the playoff race and every team in the NHL was having a great time being sneaky little guys, screwing them over, beating them when they really needed a win and keeping them out of the playoffs. And we all succeeded and had a fun time until they won the Stanley Cup the year after. Just yes. some context here. Yes. So that's very important context. So... Only one person was punished for being a sneak little guy, though, because essentially what happened is that during that time, they tried to trade Dadnoff to the Anaheim Ducks, and it all seemed to happen, and it was all tweeted about and stuff, when all of a sudden, presumably Dadnoff or his agent was like, hold on, he has a 10-team no-trade clause that was given to him at some point, right? I'm like alluding to it. Who gave it to him? But, um, and the Anaheim Ducks is on that. Immediately, people were like, why is Anaheim on that? That's random. Yes, they're a bad team, but they're literally in beautiful California and next to Disney. Like, that's a weird team. But then people started kind of following it and said, wait, so Vegas didn't know about it. Well, where did this originate from? And where did Dadnoff sign as a free agent? And it sadly led directly to the Ottawa Senators and Pierre Dorian, who notoriously loves to give people no trade clauses and no move clauses. (laughs) So essentially, it looked like what happened was that Pierre Dorian traded Dadnop to the Vegas Golden Knights. They said, is there anything else we need to know? He said, nope. And then we got Nick Holden. Look, we all know that Pierre Dorian is working alone. He has (laughs) nobody else helping him out. He uses Cap Friendly. We've literally seen Cap Friendly on his computer in the background of pictures. You know what Cap Friendly has indicated about Evgeny Dadanov's contract? That he has a 10-team no-trade clause. So 
How did the Vegas Golden Knights not know about this? Do they not check cap friendly? Oh, are they, are they too good <laughs> to be using cap friendly for their transactions? I'm sorry. Yeah, what the hell? Cap friendly is a tool for the masses. The other thing I want to mention is that we didn't find out about this recently. We found out about this like a year ago. Like this all happened very long ago. And we were like, that's so funny. And then I distinctly remember Elliot Friedman being like, it looks like the Sens will not face any punishment for that. Like, Pierre Dorian is a silly guy. Things happen. So, like, a freaking, like, year later or whatever, now we're hearing about it. And now the penalty is a first rounder. Absolutely ridiculous. And I would recommend that people go over to Welcome to Your Carlson Years and read Luke Peristi's take on this, because it was really good. And Mm -hmm. a thing that he said is that, you know, from just knowing people, from knowing things, he has heard that Pierre Dorion is not really in the old boys club. Um, he's really he's really one of us. He's really for the people. He does not get along with other GMs, and people really hate him for some reason just because he's a silly, goofy guy. I mean, that's that's the only explanation I can come up with that he's too goofy for the NHL. And he was, and Luke Peristi was saying that like if another GM had done this they would have been able to work this out. But everybody just hates Pierre and wanted to go after him. And so, of course, he gets punished because he's just too silly and too goofy and they just don't like him in the NHL. Yeah, he's just such a fun guy. And in a league that hates fun, they punish him. So yeah, basically what happened is that they were like, actually, we're not over it. We're going to take a first rounder from the Ottawa Senators, the people's team. They're going to take a first rounder from the people, in fact. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so I also read the Welcome to Your Carlson Years like, thing by Luke Christie, and it was very, very good. And I really just like it feels so bad because it's like, yeah, if he had made more friends, this probably wouldn't have happened. But apparently, like, and also Michael Anlauer did a press conference after this and alluded to the fact that like, Anaheim was very upset and Vegas was very upset and they really like wanted punishment for the Ottawa Senators which is such like cop behavior to be like oh like punish them like whatever oh we couldn't do cap circumvention yeah screw you anyway so sadly Pierre Dorian was fired yeah I don't know I mean I mean his the GM the, the move that undid him as GM really was really funny yeah. I did I did have a lot of fun with that until Vegas won the cup a year later. And that's the other thing. It's like they ended up winning the cup anyways. They ended up getting yeah. Jack Eichel anyways. Like I oh, it's so literally, annoying. Literally all that happened was that Dadnoff was traded to Montreal instead of Anaheim. Which again raises the question, why was Anaheim on the no trade clause, but Montreal wasn't? What a fascinating man. But yeah, yeah it was yeah, just Farewell, Pierre. I will miss you so much. Yeah. The league was not ready to handle him. He, they really weren't. I don't know if we want to say some of our fave moments. I think him giggling is always playing at the back of my mind. Yeah, he's just, he is such a Sens guy. Like, it's very weird. Even though I became a Sens fan before Dahyun was the GM, he's really just come to embody the Sens to me. Like, just... A little bit unprofessional, so disorganized, <laughs> like um, mostly bad at his job, and then every once in a while just like hits the biggest home run. Like, yeah, so entertaining. 
And that's not necessarily a good thing, but like he was entertaining. Yeah. And I, you know what, even like as recently as last episode, I was talking about how he did always like get us fun things. Like he did bring us Chikrin. He did draft Stutzlin Sanderson. Like he did, and Chuck, you know, like he did fun things. And like, obviously, like he is greatly responsible for the core. So it's like, if we ever win the cup, it's like he kind of did that. So shout out to him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just, it's going to be so sad the next time a player comes to Ottawa and they do this whole video where the player is visiting the CTC for the first time and the GM is acting normal and <laughs> not like visibly vibrating with energy. Like, I mean, the new GM, Steve Steos or whoever he hires, is not going to get in front of a camera and say, I consider this prospect my son, you know? Yeah. He's not. He's just not. And you know what? I i don't know if I've said this before, but I, con- I like very regularly feel the sentiment that like it feels almost like the Suns aren't in the NHL. Like it feels like they are a separate entity in some ways. In my mind, I'm like, oh, like, yeah, they play hockey. But they're not like the other teams in the NHL. Like, they just don't feel like they're in the NHL. And I feel like Pierre Dorian really helped embody that feeling of, like, he doesn't really fit in, like, with these guys. Like, he's just a little different. So, yeah, it's sad. It just won't be the same without him. And, you know, maybe we'll be, like, a quote-unquote professional hockey organization (laughs) now. Maybe we will actually be normal. But... It feels like we've lost something. Yeah. Feels like we lost something very special, which is the goofiest guy in the league. The goofiest GM in the league. The new GM isn't going to meet new players at Eastside Mario's. (laughs) He isn't going to pose with, like, what was that picture of him with the pizza? Right. That we always used every time a player came, new player was acquired. And it's like Pierre Dario was showing up to his. (laughs) <laughs> to his house for the Gabriel's pizza. You know, yeah. that was the joke, right? I don't think he ac- ever actually did that. But in my head, that's what he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, there's... He's just, like... Because I don't also know... Because, again, I don't pay attention to other teams. Or, like, other team... Like, teams talking about their GMs. So I don't know the feelings that, like, other like fan bases have with their GMs. But I feel like we had something unique with Pierre... I, I fully had a parasocial relationship yeah. with Pierre Yo, and I can't remember ever having a parasocial relationship with an NHL executive before. Mm-hmm. Like, he just, like, became, he was just, like, such a character that, like, yeah. he, he just, I don't know. I also think, like, some of the best quotes that we always use are courtesy of him. We're a team. Like, that was all him. Remember Pierre from Orleans? Like, again, what other GM is going to call into a radio show that is talking shit about him and say, hello, I it's Pierre from Orleans talking here. Like, <laughs> what an icon. Like, he was very iconic. I think that, like, he just played by his own rules. And sadly, the NHL said that he wasn't allowed to do that because they had their own rules. I feel like things started going downhill when he said that he was trying to tone it down in the media because he didn't yeah. want to to have a silly quote that everyone made fun of him for that was like oh no 
we're mm-hmm. bullying him. He doesn't like this. But the thing is, we just loved his quotes. Like, yeah. proudest day is GM as well. Like, man, man. He knew the absolute worst thing to say at every moment. <laughs> and it was so funny. He was so funny. The other thing is that, like, Okay, allegedly they didn't have plans to fire him until this whole thing happened. And also allegedly, like, he was just lying. Consistently he was just lying about it. Like, like up until the very end, he was a liar. And I love that. Because, like, me too. It's so perfect. But um, I remember, because, like, yeah, so they were like, we never had any intention of firing him. Like, or Ann Lauer was like, we wanted to have, like, a president of Pocky Ops and a GM. But if you look at the evidence, and by that I mean... Like, a few weeks ago in the press box, Stamps and Ann Lauer were, like, talking and stuff. And Pierre was sitting all alone. And they weren't inviting him to talk. And that feels very, like, a click. And I just feel like that's very rude. He's so, so I, me in high school coded. Yeah, so I saw the writing on the wall. I was like, he is having to eat alone in the math room because no one is wanting him to sit at their table in the cafeteria. And that is sad. It is. He deserves better. And we will always support you, Pierre. Yeah. Also, I genuinely have no idea if he will get a, like another job after this. Well, I it sounds don't... like everyone hates him. Yeah. So... Like, well, I guess not. Poor guy. Yeah. So, well, you all cheered. You were cheering for a man's unemployment. I always also, I don't know if I was cheering. I think I said on Twitter, and I'll say it here again, because like this is actually how I feel about him. It's like, He was so bad at his job, but then would randomly be so good, like every like 18 months or so. And never has anyone made me ask, wait, is he smart more than Pierre Dorian? That's what I said on Twitter. And that's what I still believe. Well, yeah. And that's the thing is like he's he was so bad at his job that he just became this meme. And, you know, again, so silly. He was just this meme. And then when he randomly became good, it was so funny to hype him up. Like, Summer of Pierre is the most fun I've ever had posting. Exactly. And, like, you wouldn't do that about another GM, you know? Like, yeah, because, like, if another GM is being good, it's just, like, that should be expected. But when Pierre Dorian was being good, it's, like, he's adding to the bit. Like, what yeah. this is hilarious. It's a fun new bit he's doing right now. Yeah, where he's good at his job. Yeah. I... Uh... You know, if he wanted to, like, start a podcast in his retirement, I would listen to it. I think someone should hire him to do commentary or something. Mm-hmm. I just, I need him around. I need to hear his little quotes. He's just so iconic. And yeah, I'll miss his quotes. So hopefully he gets a platform to deliver them. I hope that every time the Seds do something, he just, like, he should just start a Twitter account. Like, I know we know he already has one. He mm-hmm. should just, you know, put his real name on it and be honest about who he is. And I just need, every time the Sens do something, I need his take on it. You know, yeah. I need him to deliver us a quote. And I like how I'm also imagining, like, he's just such a Sens guy that I'm imagining him just, like, only following the Sens. Like, it would be so weird for him to work for another team. He's just such a Sens fan to me. Yeah. Also, oh, wait. I guess we also forgot to mention, according to Ann Lauer at the press conference, he actually resigned. So we're talking about it like he got fired. But I'd like to think that they were about to be like, Pierre, you're fine. And he was like, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I imagine it went down. 
for sure. And okay, we should talk about the Andlauer press conference because it was iconic. But do we want to first talk about the other thing that Andlauer had to, had yeah. to address in this press conference? Because it has been a wild week for the Sens. Like, it's just another thing that like only the Sens, this could only happen to the Sens. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Shane Pinto gone for 41 games for gambling apparently yeah, let's rephrase this Shane Pinto gone for 41 games for, for partnering with an official sponsor of the NHL in his personal life exactly the advertising that he partakes in every day worked on him yeah, I know people were saying, like, how did he get the idea to do that as Bet99 is on his helmet? But yeah, the details of this are still so ambiguous. It's like, what exactly did he do? They were like, he was gambling. Okay, he was sports betting. Not on hockey. And you're allowed to sports bet on other teams, on other sports. And I'm not making, like, this is what they said. They said, we want to make it clear it wasn't NHL games. And in the collective bargaining agreement, it says that you're allowed to sports bet on different sports. So he did something. But according to the two rules we have, he did nothing wrong. So it's very confusing. Yeah. And there was something about getting a third party to bet for him. So it might have been, I, I think, like... From what I understand, the thing that makes the most sense is that maybe he got someone else to bet on NHL games on his behalf. But does that not count as betting on NHL games? Like, I don't know. It was really weird. I wish we had more details. But also, I respect that, like, you know, for Shane Pinto's privacy, like, he might not want the details to get out. But it's such a weird situation. No, yeah. Like, it's so fair. I think also people are saying, like, he got people to just use his app. And it's like okay, well, then if it's associated with his name, then how could they ever think that it wasn't him? You know what I mean? Because it's like, oh, no, like, my buddy was using my phone. It's like that. But, and I also agree, like, for his own privacy, like, it's probably good they don't leak all the details. But in terms of, like, understanding the punishment, it's just so confusing. Because it's like, everyone was like, wait, then what did he do? And why is it 41 games? Yeah, and I don't know, I've heard a lot of different takes on this where some people are like, oh, he could have been just straight up kicked out of the NHL forever, so 41 games is light. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe it was a light punishment, but it's still just, I wish we had more details considering he's going to be out for literally half the season, even though it does solve our cap problems. Yeah, one final, like, Pierre Dorian move. He somehow knew, like, he somehow got this started. Yeah, well... And what's funny is they were saying like, oh, this was going on all summer. And so your initial reaction is like, oh, so that's why the Suns didn't sign him because they knew he was going to be suspended. But then you find out, no, no, no. They found out like they they did not sign him out of incompetence. Like they yeah. they were trying to sign him. And then very recently, Andlauer put an end to the discussion. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is so, so funny. I, it, it sounds like maybe they were going to sign him like during training camp or something. And that's when they found out Mm -hmm. that's the timeline that makes sense to me. Yeah. So the other thing that Ann Lauer was mad about though, is that the NHL knew about this investigation all summer, right? Like that's when they were doing it. They didn't make the Sens aware until very recently, but Ann Lauer was also buying the Sens like kind of during that time. So they didn't tell him about that. And they didn't tell him about the dad not thing. So he was like, kind of like, what the hell? Why didn't anyone tell me about this? When I spent a billion dollars 
on this hockey team. And that's a fair thing, I think, to be like, why didn't anyone tell me? Yeah, um, it would be incredibly iconic if he sued the NHL. Uh, truly, it's not the sense if the owner isn't suing someone. <laughs> Very, like, throwback to the Melnick era. Uh, from the way, yeah, so the way this stuff works, I'm not going to reveal my own personal knowledge of these types of things, but some of you might know why I know about this. Um <laughs> Generally, you like he would be able to sue if he could essentially prove that he would have paid a lot less for the Sens if he had known about this, right? Um, about the Dadanov NTC situation and also the Pinto situation. I am not entirely, I don't know enough about how sports team valuations work to know how much that would change the value of the franchise because, you know, he is buying this like long-term maybe in the long run, he still would have paid the same amount. I also heard that apparently the NHL, he was like the lowest bidder and the NHL convinced him to go up a little bit. So he could probably sue for like a few million dollars. That, that would be really funny. He should. It's like the thing that happened. It's like, just like the spirit of wanting to sue people yeah. embodies any new sense owner. Yeah, and it, it really sounded like in that sale process, they were really they had to dig up like everything, right? They had they really had to tell them everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's and, like two massive things. Yeah, like generally sellers are supposed to like warn buyers of of things that might be a problem, and yeah. they did not do that. Because allegedly what happened is that they knew about it and told him, or not the Pinto thing, but for the Dadnoff thing, they knew about it and told him this is not a big deal. And then like during the press conference, he was like, I don't know about you guys, but I think a first round pick is a big deal. And I was like, that's funny. Like, yeah, kind of. Kind of is. Yeah. Well, and even like, you know, your third line center being out Mm -hmm. for half the season. Yeah. Or, you know, at the time it could have been like, maybe out of the league forever right uh that seems like a big deal to me that's very funny but yeah he very much was mad at the league and and some people are like oh is he gonna get a fine now but he didn't so that's cool yeah it was pretty iconic he he went off but also not in a sense way like he went off in a way that was very calm and composed and like he had this great quote that was just why i inherited this is beyond me (laughs) which is so funny that is exactly what you would expect someone to say after buying the Ottawa Senators. (laughs) Yeah, I also thought people were taking that to mean, like, well, why is like, why am I being punished for things the Sens did Mm -hmm. as if, like, he doesn't own the Sens? And it's like, I think the thing was more like, why did this take forever? Like, for the dad nothing, like, it should have been resolved before I got here. Um, Which is true. It didn't have to take that long. Yeah, and he very much implied that the NHL was deliberately hiding things to drive up the sale price, which was pretty funny. Yeah. Again, he could sue on that. mm -hmm. I also saw some people being like, uh, the Melnick estate should have told him. I am of the mind that they are allowed to be liars because they're two girls in their 20s. They're crossing. Gaslighting. what gaslighting is. Like, literally, they're gaslighting, gatekeeping, and girl bossing. Let them live. Yeah, so whatever. It's Gary Bettman's fault. It's not the Melnick sisters' fault. Exactly. And, okay, but also, I do want to say, um, look, Ant Lauer couldn't have predicted these specific situations. However, 
if you're buying the Ottawa Senators, to some extent, you have to expect something weird like this to come up. Like, dude, if you bought the Ottawa Senators and you were like, and nothing weird is going to happen in my first year as owner, let alone my entire tenure here. No no weird off-ice scandals. Like, buddy, you just don't know what you're getting into then, right? Like, that's on you. That's on you if you went in expecting everything to be fine off the ice. No, literally, it feels like in horror movies when it's like a nice family moves into an ancient house and they're like, wow, this is a great house. Like, nothing scary is going on. It's like, and then you immediately know that the house is haunted. It's like that. It's like, he's like, wow, what a like nice franchise. Like, no weird things will happen, surely. It's like, okay, like, like you need to look at the context of who you're dealing with here it's like it's not just any it's not just any old sports team like it's the ottawa senators we're talking about you know the nhl if if ann lauer sues them the nhl can just say look any reasonable person would have assumed (laughs) that something weird was going to happen with the sens you know that's yeah. a real legal defense they could make yeah and something that's honestly a little scary to me is it seems like he's like trying to go like get them ship shape and like clean them up and like stop having weird scandals off ice and like objectively that's a good thing like objectively i don't think we should have weird scandals off ice anymore but it's like imagine living in an era where it's like your team is never at risk of having like a really weird scandal like that's kind of yeah, sad fewer calls from the league yeah oh my god yeah he was like i'm looking forward to fewer calls from the league it's like buddy you bought the ottawa senators that's not gonna happen and i was also like that's so mean like don't talk about pierre like that like <laughs> he just wanted he just wanted you to get to know league officials <laughs> like that's the thing is he was like the final thing he left him with is like basically all the contact information he'll need for all the weird offline scandals that'll continue to happen. So there you go. You're welcome. (laughs) It's like, these guys call me every day. We have, you know, (laughs) good relationship, constantly discussing all the little problems I get into. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, it was just like, like, I'm, it's almost sad that now there's just a normal guy here and he's like, why is it like this it's very much like is this how you live like that's how it's like yes this is my weird hockey team who they're always doing something weird and not allowed yeah it's a new era and it's a little a little Mm off-putting it was cool that he started his press conference in french though yeah Um, i think it's iconic that he like clearly does not speak french very often and has a bit of an accent um i i think that's very ottawa of him right where he's like he definitely speaks french however how often does he speak french uh not that often very clearly so he's very iconic for that yeah that's very real that is such an ottawa thing to be like i speak french ish yeah it's like you know i i for a i you know did my did school in French or whatever? However, have not spoken French in my day yeah. years, right? Like that's that's me, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and many many people in Ottawa. So mm-hmm. he he fits in in that way. He does fit in. Like that's the thing. It's like I think he fits into Ottawa because Ottawa is very normal. Is the mm-hmm. thing. It's like that's why like the Ottawa Senators are the weirdest thing about Ottawa because it's like, and I it's like very like contrast because it's like ottawa very normal pretty boring 
that like people say this like I'm not just trying to like hate on it like it's very well known but it's like the Ottawa Senators are anything but like they have crazy stuff going on at all times you know Ottawa is all about bureaucracy and then the Ottawa Senators are run by one guy with a cap friendly subscription or do you can you like get a subscription to cap friendly I can't remember I honestly Um, don't know I think there might be some pro thing anyways uh one guy with access to cap friendly and a bad memory who's constantly you know forgetting transactions that he did and he runs the whole team you know like that's such a that's such a fascinating contrast to Mm -hmm. the Ottawa energy it's because all the bureaucrats work for the government so they just had to have one guy they were like who's left who's left we got to get someone from orleans and everyone else in orleans is working like at whatever government agencies they're like you come here you lose paperwork okay whatever um but yeah it's very funny also i will say that even i'm not sure if you can have a paid cat friendly like subscription if you can pierre dorian was 100 percent using the free version like there's no (laughs) way I'm looking at it. I don't see any kind of. uh, For some reason, I had. I think it was um, Elite Prospects that I was thinking of. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know you can pay for Elite Prospects. He also didn't do that. No, he he didn't. (laughs) He just looked at the free stuff. Oh, no, actually. Oh, wait. Here we go. Premium required. Team annual outlook. Okay, so you can get a premium cap friendly subscription, but. I mean, yeah, Pierre Dorion did not use it. But actually, no, Pierre Dorion, he might have had a um, a premium subscription for Elite Prospects because you need that in order to see, like, which players have played with other players before. Oh. And he's going off friendship vibes. Like, he did kind of need that. But maybe he just needed Brady Kachuk. Yeah, that's real. Also, I will say that the free version of Elite Prospects, you can see whose dad played in the NHL. Oh, um, that's true. So yeah. he maybe didn't need the paid version. Yeah, I think maybe he just asked the players, like, who are your friends? Yeah, um, tell me about you your look friends. People up. I don't. Or, you know, you can kind of figure that out by just, like, clicking on the team and looking at the roster. Like, I'll bet he took his time going yeah, through, yeah. like, you know, not getting... The, the premium subscription but like going through elite prospects pages no. or literally just like hockey tv he had two he had like two pages yeah. pulled up and went like line by line like okay this year this year this year oh look there's overlap there that's what he was yeah, doing because yeah. when eugene melnick is your owner like you have to find those like cost saving measures i think so i think that's what was going on there sorry r.i.p but yeah what an icon mm-hmm. gonna miss him so much <laughs> i need updates on what he's doing yeah, someone just like yeah, he should just start a Twitter account. Like I agree with you. Yeah. I was going to say like he should get involved with the PWHL team, but I was like, you know what? No, no I don't want no. that. <laughs> he can get involved um, with like the Toronto one or something yeah. if he really wants to. No, he's such an Ottawa guy though. I wouldn't want him in Toronto. The thing, that's the thing. I don't want him to be in charge of a team that I like, but I also don't want him to like support another team because yeah. he's such an Ottawa guy so that's why I need him to just become like an Ottawa sends like personality you know yeah it feels kind of like we are like toxic exes in the sense of like we don't want to be with you but we don't want you to be happy somewhere else either <laughs> like we just need you to just like be there in case we need you but far away because we don't need you that much that's yeah. the vibe kind of a little bit yeah um so anyways farewell Pierre. we're gonna miss you so much uh mm-hmm. but let's move on to <laughs> some other some 
some stuff about the players more, you know, some slightly more fun stuff. Because right after we uploaded our last episode, remember in our last episode, we were talking about the Sens like calling out other teams video mm-hmm. that TSN put out. Well, TSN is pretty mean because they waited until we put out that episode to put out a new video where the Sens are calling out their teammates. And it was pretty iconic. Yeah, it was very... Because I when they put out the other one of calling out other teams, I was like, this is fun. But I do like when they call out their teammates because then I feel like we learn more insights about the like how the dynamics and everything. And they put it out, so I was happy. But yeah, now, to be fair, we get content for another episode. So maybe they did it to support us. Maybe. And like... Okay, we could have predicted that this was happening because I remember watching that calling out other teams video and they had, like, if you look on the floor, they had logos of other teams, but then they also had the headshots of the teammates. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, clearly they're filming two at the same time, right? Yeah. So I, I predicted that this would happen. But yeah, best moment in that one easily was when they had a question about who, like, which teammate is most likely to work at TSN after their career and tim stritzler doesn't even bother like coming out with a response right away he just immediately laughs and goes well definitely not josh because josh is not smart enough which like so uncalled for it's so mean but i do think correct me if i'm wrong i think then they like at some point cut to josh and he's like definitely not me yeah i can't do it but also okay my the way that it like the, the way that the cut happened, it kind of made it seem like they told him Timmy said yeah. not you, and he agreed, right? Not just, like, he's immediately saying, oh, I wouldn't. Um, yeah. Wow, Tim Stritzler just, just like, from the top rope right away. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Because he's just like, that's so mean. But to be honest, and to be honest, actually, I would like Josh on TSN. I would listen yeah. to what he has to say. Well, I was thinking... Tim, why do you think you need to be smart to yeah. work at TSN? Like, you know which former um, uh, redacted former Ottawa Senators uh, work for TSN. I don't think that guy is very smart. Nobody tell him I said that. <laughs> I I have no comment. I don't, I have no comment on that. But yeah, so I don't, but I agree. I don't think, like, you have to be a genius for it. But, and I think Josh is, like, fun enough where it's like he could just like i want to listen to him just have fun i mean he live tweeted a sens game once and it was fun i i think doing commentary is kind of the same thing as live tweeting a game and i think you'd be great at it yeah it was yeah so that's mean and i think he'd be good at it (laughs) i don't know what else to say yeah um, another funny answer to that same question was just just Chikrin going off about what a, a funny guy Shabbat yeah. is, how he has the most outrageous takes. It's like, wow, you guys have known each other. Like, at the time of filming, they've known each other for, like, maybe six months. And they're yeah. just, like, you know, joking about how, how fun the other guy is. Like, it's so sweet to see. They really are best friends. They are so, like, in love. Like, platonically. But, like, I think that's so lovely. Um... Yeah, it's also like they at that point, like it would have been like the sun. I guess they had come back for training camp, but it would have been like after the summer when presumably they weren't hanging out. So it's like I'd like to think they just like FaceTimed every night or something. (laughs) They were just texting like Shabbat was just texting him all his outrageous takes about the sets. Yeah. 
I, I envision them doing a very like, okay, you hang up now. No, you <laughs> hang up thing. So I love that for them. Yeah, but okay, circling back to Tim Stutzler, he also always gets so much shit in these videos. <laughs> and it's so funny. Like the teams, the, his teammates love to pick on him. And he always like, he doesn't even laugh along. He seems legitimately offended. It's so funny. So one of my favorite moments of the video was there was a question about like teammate who claims to be six feet but isn't and most people were like Brandstrom doesn't even claim to be six feet yeah. but he's still shorter than he says he is which is funny <laughs> but a few guys said oh it's definitely Tim Stutzler yeah <laughs> which like that's the funniest answer I I I fully believe that yeah I believe it too and then it's funny because then when like the TSN guy like hand like before he hands Tim Stutzler card he goes before I ask this like how tall are you and he goes six feet and then he looks at it and he's like oh my god <laughs> but, but also, okay. he seemed like legitimately offended it wasn't like he was laughing at him at, at himself he was just like oh, guys come yeah on. <laughs> it was very funny yeah and also I love that Brandstrom just like claims I think the thing was like he claims to be like Five nine, and it's like that's still not very tall for an NHL. Yeah, that's what Shabbat said. I just watched the video before recording uh, or rewatched it, and Shabbat was like, "Yeah, Brandstrom claims to be five nine, but he's actually like five six or five seven. That's so cute. It's just such a funny thing. Yeah, that was iconic. Um, also important for us personally, Parker Kelly and Josh Norris. Both Swifties, and especially Parker Kelly, apparently. Yeah, Josh Morris was like, yeah, I like Taylor Swift. But Parker Kelly was like, yeah, I couldn't get tickets in Toronto. Like, I really want to. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, and it's sad, though, because I was like, Parker Kelly is one of the guys who, like, obviously he has, like, a ton of money. But he's also, like, kind of, I don't know if he makes league men. But it's kind of like, man, like, they should spot him some cash for those tickets. Literally. It's like everyone else is making eight by eight. Like give some to Parker Kelly so he can get Taylor Swift tickets. Josh Norris, it is your time to shine. Take Parker Kelly to see Taylor Swift. I'm sure there are stupidly expensive resale tickets you can get. Mm-hmm. Although I guess they probably can't buy the tickets now because the like obviously the schedule isn't out for next year, so they don't know oh, if yeah. they'll be on the road or what. So oh, yeah, that's, that's really funny. sad. That's so sad. That's terrible. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But yeah, there was also a funny moment where they asked Parker Kelly, who would you take with you? And he said, oh, I would try to take Sanderson. Sort of implied like he would try to convert Sanderson to being a Swifty. And then they cut to Sanderson and they're asking, oh, if Parker Kelly had an extra ticket, would you go with him? And he was like, no. Yeah. Which like, okay, hater. It's the greatest concert of our lifetimes, but okay. Yeah, and Parker Kelly apparently likes all the albums, too. He's a huge fan. So, Parker mm-hmm. Kelly, if you're listening, we would love to have you as a guest. Yeah, wait, we could do, like, an entire Taylor Swift-themed episode again. Just yeah. You know. yeah, exactly. So, it's like it's nice to see that the guy who controls... Okay, yeah, apparently he also controls all the music in the dressing room. So, yeah. it's like clearly these guys are secretly Swifties or they would be complaining about his music. Like, Mm -hmm. I think they all like Taylor Swift. They just pretend they're too cool for it and they just have Parker Kelly 
play Taylor Swift in the dressing room all the time and just don't complain. Yeah, they're like, uh, Parker, don't play that one song. What was it? I hate that. Don't play that <laughs> one. Yeah, that's what they do. Also, yeah, Parker Kelly, if you're listening, uh, tell me your 1989 Taylor's version opinions. Give me your um, vault track rankings. Thank mm. you. <laughs> yeah, we are requesting those. Mm-hmm. Or just yeah. come on the pod and discuss them. We'd be very happy to have you. Yeah, we would. I hope he listens to this. I hope he knows that we are the yeah. the Swifty Sense like, podcast. Sense podcast. Like, there's no other ones as far as I'm as far as I know. So. This is the one for you. Exactly. And if you manage to get tickets and have some extras, we yeah. love them. I'm sure we're like two of your closest friends at this point. So please give them. Exactly. Anyways, the last thing about that video that I wanted to talk about, man, Kloju is like the funniest person in the world. And we're going to talk about this later. All like every single like video that the sends or tsn put out is like he just cracks me up and in this video there was a question where they asked everyone like which of your teammates is most likely to win an olympic gold medal and every other guy is like okay which canadian or american player is most likely to be on the canadian or american olympic team right as in Mm -hmm. they would win a gold medal in hockey because that is the sport that they play at a high level. And Claude Giroux is like, I think Jake Sanderson, if he like really put his mind to it, could be a great track and field star. <laughs> like- oh. <laughs> it's so funny because it's like he either, I feel like Claude Giroux will either like not play along at all, which we'll get into later, or he'll like think about it in just such like an analytical way where it's like, <laughs> That's so funny. That wasn't really the question, but like that is, I guess, the answer. Like I said this on Twitter earlier this week, but like also every video of the Suns put out where, you know, there's that format where the players are like walking onto the ice, right? Mm-hmm. And they just sort of like as they're walking past the the social media manager, clearly, they'll like answer a question. And it's always very quick, right? You just you just pause and you answer the question and then you go. Every single time I feel like like Kochi who walks in and he pauses. He's like he's resting his hands on his stick and he's like, hmm, let me think about this, right? And he like tries to give the most analytical answer. So funny. Yeah, it's so like endearing to me that he's just like, I have to think like I can't just give a quick one off. Like that's not what like people want. Like they want to hear my like really thought out or, opinion. Like, that that TikTok that Matthew Joseph posted at Send Skills, where it was, you know, I'm passing the phone to whatever, and it gets to Jigu and he's like, I'm passing the phone to the guy who, you know, everyone thinks he has a big head, but actually he has the smallest head. It's like, like this long-winded <laughs> response. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> It's like this might be very niche, but there's this thing on um it's like thing on TikTok where someone was like, you look like Walmart version of XYZ, and the guy's comeback is like, Oh, well, I don't actually shop at Walmart, but you sound like you know a lot about Walmart. So I guess you shop there a lot, and that's the insult. And why do I feel like that's so close to It's just such a long like response where it's like it makes sense, but it's like what are you like everyone's moved on at this point like why are we still talking about it like you were supposed to come up with like 
one, a, a quick little one-liner, and you're just, like, going off. Uh, Flyers fans, let us know if he did this in Philly, too. He's so funny. I just feel like it's because he's so serious that he's, like, he's not he's not playing along with the joke. He's like, oh, you want to know who I think will be an Olympic athlete? Okay, well, let me analyze, like, everyone's, like, skills and stuff. And, like, I'm, I like to believe that he also took into consideration, like, the likelihood of NHLers getting sent to, like, the Olympics. And he was like, that's probably, that's, like, not likely to happen. So, like, let me pivot to another sport or something. Like, he just... It's like, like no, those Summer Olympics. Um. Yeah. Loki, he'd be really good on, like, TSN. I think the Sens ultimately said that, like, a lot of them said, like, Matsya Joseph would be, like, the best one on TSN. And I fully agree. I think he's, like, so fun and stuff. Two of them did pick G, though. Yeah, because I think, like, those two would actually probably be the best in terms of, like, being... Like, I think Joseph, like, knows about the sport and is also fun. And Giroud would just be, like, the most serious, like, guy ever. Just saying the most ridiculous off-topic things in the most, like, serious tone. Yeah. Oh, my God. What a guy. (laughs) Anyways, the other important news that we had to deliver here, in case you missed it, is that um, during one of the games between this podcast and the last one, uh, Shabbat and Chikrin wore matching suits to the rink. That's all. Yeah, I don't know if there's much else to say. Just like, what is up with those guys? Like, yeah, did they do that on purpose? Was like, it an they, accident? Oh my gosh. It's like, you know, in elementary school when you'd be like twin day? Or better yet, do you ever do in elementary school when you were like, I'll wear a skirt tomorrow if you wear a skirt tomorrow? So yes, that we're not both yes. the only ones wearing skirts? It mm-hmm. feels like that. Like, it feels like, how about we both wear this suit tomorrow? Yeah, it was like, I have this suit, but like, it looks, I, I don't know, it might draw a lot of attention. I don't know if I should wear it. And it's like, well, I have the same suit. Like, do you want to, do you want to twin? Do wanna, yeah, do you want to do twin day? Oh my God. They're just so besties. I, I just need to know how it came about, right? Because it's like, did they discover that they had the same suit and then they were like, oh my god, you know what would be so funny if we just wore it to the same day, right? Like a, a little joke on everyone. Um, or did they accidentally wear the same suit? And I'm sure that if it was an accident, they were in the dressing room like, yo, this rocks. This is so cool. Yeah. I bet like if anyone tried to start like a who wore it best, they were like, no, no. Like we both wore it great. Yeah. Or they're like, oh, he wore it better. He wore it better. Like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, 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 exactly. And according to our resident suit expert, Jared, it's not the same material. Like, it's not exactly the same suit, which destroys my theory, which is that they deliberately got the same suit. Like, they, <laughs> they went to their tailor and were like, well, that's Jared, I guess. So he would know. But, you know, they, they, they went to the store and were like, we need the exact same suit. We got a twin to the ring. Like, this will be so cool. But yeah, apparently that didn't happen. Apparently it's a different material, but that just means that their minds are so in sync. Yeah. Like they're parallel thinking so much. (laughs) Yeah. That's why they're the perfect defense pairing. And I will say I did um, sort of jokingly tag some media members asking them to please ask Shabbat and Chikrin if they wore the same suit on purpose or not. And uh, nobody asked, but I did get an apologetic DM from Sylvain Saint-Laurent who said that he wanted to ask. But I think the Sens lost that game really badly. Yeah, that was the the Sabres game. So... um, it didn't feel appropriate, which I do respect, but I do want to give a shout out to Sylvain Saint-Laurent, who at least answered my call to action. 
hands would have asked the question if I had maybe, uh, you know, prompted him a little bit earlier or if the game had gone differently. Yeah. Anyway, I just love that story. And I don't know. Like, I don't know what else to say. It's just so lovely. I love that yeah. they did that. <laughs> I I just love that the Sens and Pierre Dorion have brought them together. Mm-hmm. Like, that was one of his final acts is, like, doing, like, a friendship setup. So that's really nice. Yeah, like, you know, he also improved the Sens' defense. But most importantly, he gave these two men platonic soulmates, you know? Yeah. like and, like, I would argue that, like, I think improving the Sens' defense felt secondary. Like, I think he was, like, let me assess the dynamics here. Because, obviously, Thomas Shabbat has, like, Joseph as his best friend on the team as well. But it's kind of, like, it must be hard to not have someone playing, like, the same position as you. Because it's, like, you're never going to be on a line together. You're never going to be on a pairing together. Mm -hmm. So he was, like, I need someone to be, like, his pairing bestie as well. Yeah. And, like, he found that person. Yeah, it's great. I'm just so glad that this has worked out so well for them. Mm-hmm. I hope they're very happy together forever. Yeah, yeah. Well, now they can never be split up. Yeah, I know. It's like they're attached at the hip. It's like if any of them, like if one of them tries to like leave or be traded or whatever, the other one will just like handcuff like them to each other and be like, no, we're inseparable. They're, they're like, yeah, that couple that you follow on Instagram who, like, have a shared account and yeah. post about each other constantly. Actually, I've just described our friend Julia, who was on a podcast on our podcast <laughs> earlier. She and her partner are very cute. Um, so awesome. Lesbians are always like that. They're, they're the lesbian couple that is <laughs> that has a shared account. I, I, the amount of people I follow who that, dis- who that description applies to, actually, it's not just Julia. I, I feel bad for calling her out. Um that's so funny if you know you know that that one lesbian friend from undergrad who like got a girlfriend and then now they have a shared account and you can't they can't post vote like they can't post pictures individually they're always together that's shivana chicken you're so right (laughs) oh my gosh okay I like how I, I like specifically specifically called them platonic soulmates, and then and then made that comparison. I don't know what's going on there. Their their relationship is too complex for me to understand. No, yeah, it's like it exists on some kind of plane that like we're not there yet. <laughs> like no one else in the world is there yet. Um. Anyways, maybe I can segue to it's. It's so sad that you know with Shabbat and Chikrin being so loud about their relationship now. Shabbat's interesting relationship with Josh Norris has fallen to the side a little bit and that has continued even after Josh Norris has made his triumphant return to the lineup which happened yes. since our last episode we alluded to it by mentioning how he's back and we're not worried about him because we're worried about everyone else getting injured but yeah he's back and he looks good like I think at the beginning like people were nervous every time he like took a hit or something like is his shoulder gonna freaking explode but like it looks good like everything yeah. looks good knock on wood and man his first game was like uh, it's just one of those games that reminds you why you love sports because he yeah. scored twice and it was yeah. just like you couldn't have scripted it better you know mm-hmm. I'm so glad that happened and it you kind of so knew nice. it was gonna happen too yeah like it's just like you could tell that he just like missed it so much and was like itching to get back so it's like it's really nice that it worked out like that and I think everyone was obviously like so happy to have him back 
uh it was nice because ridley greg was doing like a good job as second line center but it's also nice mm-hmm. to like have your second line center back obviously. yeah and to have like three good lines now yeah uh, a big difference and um there was also a great quote where uh after the game i think someone asked what was going through your minds the first time you hopped over the boards for your first shift in so long and he just goes not much <laughs> that's the yeah. mind i want on tsn <laughs> exactly that that is the josh norris i know and love not much going through his mind at any time i thought about him when i carved a pumpkin this year i had a pumpkin carving night with my friends and i was like i'm better at this than josh norris is yeah i was gonna ask did you do the worst nine ever no i didn't i should have done that as like a, a tribute to josh norris but no i i did an actual face on the pumpkin and it looked pretty good that's good. It's not. I'm not gonna say it's like as good as just a huge hole in your pumpkin that's meant to resemble a nine somewhat. But like, yeah, a face is good too. <laughs> I should have really flexed on Josh Norris by um, doing an actual like good nine. Yeah, you gotta get toothpicks or something. Isn't that what he kept yeah, saying? Yeah, exactly. He's like, why don't we have toothpicks? One of my friends was using toothpicks, and I was like, you have. A- uh, you are very smart. <laughs> you are le- are you working on a level of intellect that Josh Norris could never achieve. <laughs> to be fair, he was trying. It's not his fault that the people who arranged this didn't give them toothpicks. Yeah. It's also not his fault. His number is literally nine. Like, it's yeah. like, it's hard. That is a difficult one to carve into a pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, so Josh Norris is back and that's awesome. The other awesome thing that happened is... We'll talk about last game, but only the awesome things first. Um, It was beach day. Like, it was a beach day themed game, which is very fun. And because of that, everyone was posing in sunglasses and stuff for their, like, uh, goal and assist videos. And also the starting lineup. Everyone was wearing sunglasses and posing, which I thought was very fun. Um, One person wasn't, which is hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. So, well, first of all, yeah, for the starting lineup poses, they all had their sunglasses and stuff. And that was great. But then, yeah, also when they scored a goal and, you know, the first goal that scored of the game is Brady Kachuk. And he is, you know, having a great time with it. You just know he's wearing Crocs, even though they're not in the (laughs) video. And then the second goal is scored by Claude Giroux. And they post a video. And he's just staring at the camera. Yeah, he is not wearing sunglasses. He is not smiling. He does not have a beach day energy about him. He is very stoic. He's like, this is a serious matter. So funny. It's like he, like we said earlier, he is not playing along. He's like, this is not a joke. So funny. Oh my god. Yeah, I like to imagine they were like, hey, like Claude, can you put on these sunglasses? And he was like, no. And they were like, oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> no, I'm not wearing the sunglasses. Yeah. No, it's a serious business. He's like, my beach day theme is that I put on SPF. <laughs> but yeah, it was beach day game. And that was very fun. What happened next was there's some fun stuff that happened throughout the game. They lost pretty badly. That wasn't fun. But Brady Kachuk, if we want to go into our segment of what did Brady Kachuk do this time? Yeah, he did something funny. So, um, you know, I was writing the recap, so I did have to watch this game. Otherwise, I would not have been paying attention. But uh, he had he was exchanging words with Tanner Jeannot of the Lightning for a good chunk of the game. And the commentators very rudely did not tell us what was being said between them. 
I really would have liked to know. But yeah, they were mouthing off. And then at some point, they they start talking on the ice and they're like, you know, face to face, like very clearly about to fight, like goading each other. Yeah, let's go. But Brady doesn't actually fight him. And then Tanner Janot ends up getting kicked out for unsportsmanlike conduct. And naturally, Brady scores on the power play. <laughs> it was just really funny. That, like, I think... It's just, like, I see the younger sibling energy in that so much of, like, mm-hmm. I'm not touching you, I'm not touching you, and, like, yeah. you're not, but it's, like, oh, you're so annoying. Or, like, I'm not looking at you, I'm looking at the air around your face. Like, I just, uh-huh, like, yeah. think that his upbringing really helped a lot in, like, all of that, because it's just, like, that is such perfect, just, like, such annoying things, and it worked out well. Yeah, and, you know, all these things that you mentioned, it's, like, I haven't used those in years, I'm, I'm an elder sibling, not a younger uh-huh. one, but even my younger siblings have not used that on me. And yet I like to think that Brady is still using those on, on Matthew and on, oh, yeah. on hockey players, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'd like to imagine that's literally just what he says. I, like, he never yeah. grew out of it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was fun. So, so then they lost the game, which was less fun. Also... I don't know if I want to qualify this as fun or not fun. It was interesting. Uh, so basically, during the game, I think the fans were pretty fed up because it's not been a, a great product being delivered. Obviously, a lot of people are injured, but it's still pretty frustrating to watch. So there was fire DJ chance, and the Sens got booed off the ice. Um, and Brady Chuck had some things to say about this. <laughs> yeah, he was not happy about it. And, you know, I respect that from a leader He's got to stick by his guys. I get mm-hmm. it. I respect it. I I don't know what Brady's real opinions are about this. I yeah. respect him a lot for standing up for his guys. Respectfully disagree with his takes, yeah. though. No, literally. Like, I am saying, like, I fully agree. Because that's, like, what a captain should do. It's like, yeah, you obviously can't throw your coaches under the bus. You can't throw, like, your players under the bus. And, like, that's so fair. However, some of the stuff that he said I was like I understand this is like a little by design but I was like dude come on like at one point he was like it's just they kept getting the bounces the bounces were yeah. going away and it's like okay yeah like buddy your team was bad I'm sorry you were good he was good but yeah and he also did say like the fans are passionate and like that's good but like it's hard with the negativity and it's like I understand he couldn't have said anything else but that's also like I think this is just the the dynamic that has to happen where obviously he can't say anything else, but it's also like, okay, well, the fans are going to boo if they're getting a product like this. So it's fair enough on all counts. Yeah. And it's like we were saying, like, if this was the first year that it was happening, I would, you know, be on this podcast saying we got to be nicer to them. They're injured and stuff. But like, it's what, the third year in a row? fourth fifth i don't even know like it's bad um like it's happened exactly this way for three years in a row for sure and then yeah even in the bubble season like they weren't expected to be good but it was again a really bad start um and it's just kind of at some point you gotta admit that it's not working like i i have been a dj smith defender i you know don't i'm much higher on him than most sense fans are but even i have reached the point where i'm like something has to change and at this point like it's got to be the coach like that's that's the only thing left right like we've changed the roster 
and nothing has changed. And if if the coach is still giving us exactly this result, like I've I've never liked a coach as much as I like DJ Smith. I mm-hmm. he's probably my favorite coach I've watched. Um, but like at this point. Yeah, like I will say DJ Smith as a person seems so nice. I said this on Twitter as well, like, but he is just like, he seems like he's such a supportive and nice guy. Like he really gets along with the players, even just like different initiatives, like, uh, like mental health initiatives. He's like very strong proponent. Like he always is like hyping up the women's game sometimes in like not the best way. He'll be like, wow, these girls can actually play. And it's like, oh, yeah. don't say it like that, DJ. But it's like, you know, like he's trying his best in so many regards. And it's like, I think he just seems like a great person. But it's like, I don't think he should be the coach anymore like it's been long and I think he was a great coach yeah. also for the rebuild because exactly. he would let players make a lot of mistakes like if they weren't named Eric Branstrom and like not like <laughs> like not give them a short leash like I think like Tim Stutzel benefited a lot from that like he was able to like go out and like do his cool things and like not have to like worry about being benched and stuff like I think that's great but I think it's run its course now <laughs> Yeah, and I think, you know, a thing that has really annoyed me about the the people who are really against DJ Smith um, is just that often it felt like the people, the things that people were criticizing him for specifically were things that he literally did not do or didn't do as much as other coaches, right? Like, when people were complaining about how he's always, you know, never giving young players a chance and stuff, I was like, what hockey team are you watching? Like, this DJ Smith does this better than literally any coach I've ever seen, you know? And so I... I do I that's why I've been defending DJ Smith a lot because I feel like a lot of the criticism of him is unfair. It's people pointing out things that he literally does better than anyone else and saying, why does he do the you know, why does he do this so badly? But I I think we've reached the point where it's just it's the systems aren't good or there's just something about this team that isn't working and I can't put my finger on it. And usually when that happens the response is to fire the coach, right? Or it's just, you know, they they can't mount comebacks. They can't, like, score with their own net empty. They're just, like, these these things that feel more mental that it's just, like, yeah. when it feels like you have a good roster that's underperforming or that just can't do certain things, it feels like at that point you do have to make a change with the coaching staff. And like, let's not forget, you know, I do not have confidence that this team will do well in the playoffs considering how they do anytime there's any amount of pressure on them. You know, like if they went into the playoffs with this coaching staff and with the team playing the way it is, I would not feel very good about that. So I do think that there needs to be a change. As much mm-hmm. as it hurts me. Because, yeah, I do think that, like, you know, DJ has done a lot of good things for them. He was the right coach for the rebuild. Like, I, I respect him, but it's time to go. I'm sorry. Yeah, like, I think it's just, like, to your point of, like, they can't mount a comeback. It's, like, if you are looking at a team where if they are trailing at all going into the third, obviously you're likely to, like, lose at that point. But if you are looking at this team, no one who is a sense fan can tell me and be honest and say, you have any confidence if they're trailing going into the third that they're gonna pull out a win and like that's bad like sometimes they're trailing by one or two only and I'm still like they're obviously gonna lose and they lose every time it's like yeah like you can't have that well yeah they like they'll be down by one goal with five minutes left and 
there's no pressure, right? Yeah. They, they pull the goalie and I'm like, okay, time to leave, right? Like, I'm I'm off doing other stuff. Like, yeah, I'm just going to watch them lose, you know, without putting any real pressure. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, to be fair, I have liked their play with their own net empty a lot better this season than in previous seasons. I do think there has been improvement. There have been moments where I feel like there's they have a real chance to score, but they're still not getting those results. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, again, DJ Smith, I think he should just, like, be a friend to the team. Like, I, like, you can fire him, but, like, he can still come to dinners and stuff. Like, he's still a fun guy, and he's their friend. So, like, I think he should just be their friend. I think that's the thing. Isn't that the, like, end point with, like, a player's coach is, like, ultimately, like, that's just their friend at this point. Like, that's not really a coach anymore. He can stay on as, like, an assistant coach or something. Yeah. Like, whatever. He's, like, like, no bad blood. I think he tried his absolute best. And I think he, again, seems like such a lovely guy. Mm -hmm. If I ever saw him out and about, I'd be like, thank you, DJ, for all your help. Yeah. And I feel like that's a good way to end this because we've kind of ended on the same sentiment about Darion and Smith, where we're like, you know what? I think it's very rare that a team goes through a rebuild as awful as the Sens have gone through. And coming out of it, the fans are like, we love these guys, the people in charge of the team, and don't want them to leave, right? Um, I think it's very cool that there's no bad blood. The Sens fans are you know, happy with an amicable parting, but I think it's time to to turn the page a little bit. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, yeah, all this to say, hopefully by the next time we record, maybe there's a new coaching staff. I know that they might want to wait for a new actual GM because Steve Steyo is, uh, is just yeah. like uh, interim and like they'll probably want to get a new GM to like bring in his guy or whatever. Um, so here's hoping it's not Shirelli, who is the new Suns GM. We didn't even mention that. That's a rumor. So. Oh, yeah. It sounds like for a little bit, it sounded like he was the front runner, and now it's sort of sounding like oh, he's one person that they are considering. Oh, the other person they're considering is Jason Spezza. That yeah. would be awesome. I would forgive him wholeheartedly. Some people were like, oh, he's a traitor. Like, no. If he comes back, like, after stealing all the secrets from the Leafs and Penguins, then, like, we take him. Like, with open yeah, arms. exactly. And, I mean, as I have said in a previous episode, I think if he just goes up and says, first of all, before I begin, fuck the Leafs, all is forgiven. Exactly. So I think that'd be cool if Jason Spezza came. Yeah. It's too bad Kyle Dubas took another job because I think he would have been a good job. The way he's probably kicking himself now. Yeah, he's like, no, I could have just waited a few months. I should have seen this coming. I should have seen yeah. a scandal that got the GM fired coming. Exactly. I mean, he should have, to be yeah. honest. He really he, should have, as we we've discussed. Fan, so we know that he should have seen it coming, but yeah. Yeah. Well, on that note, uh, we're going to end this episode. Read Silver 7. Follow us on Twitter at or blue sky at elite sun's brain or my personal account is at c beata e i'm currently private but you can request to follow me i am at erickson's burner i'm also always private you can request it i actually don't let people in anymore really so follow us on tumblr at elite sun's brain dot tumblr dot com go sons go go sons go bye